how do you know that your offshoring model is broken? Your, things like your DSO go up if you're doing anything on the billing side, uh, on the invoicing side, AR invoicing side. Yep. Or on your payment side, if all of a sudden you start getting credit notices from your suppliers. I mean, we do see the number of errors go through the roof. Because what's happening are you're bundling up basically all these pieces of paper, sending them overseas, and having somebody else input them, scan them, you know, try to code them. And, you know, it, first of all, it takes a long time to get the, this paper overseas. Um, wouldn't it just be better if you put in te- put into place technology that allowed you to generate your AR invoice directly from a field ticket or a work ticket or you know from somebody's PO? And then the same thing on the AP side, right? Hi, this is Bill Imany. And this is Peter Purcell, continuation of the Jargon podcast series. Welcome. And today we're going to talk about our favorite subject, outsourcing. Outsourcing? Wow. Yes. Why, why are we going down that path, Bill? Well, I'll tell you what, it's on a lot of people's mind these days, um, particularly when the economy starts to get better. Um, companies are finding that they um, want to produce more, make more, and they don't have the internal capacity to do, to do more. And so how do they do that? How do they get there? Uh, that's a good question. I guess a lot of these companies that had gone through uh, the downturn um, got rid of a lot of resources now that the economy's booming, right? I mean, that's right. where and you're coming from. And they're trying to scale back from. up quickly. And if you're a manufacturing company and the demands on you are, are exceeding what you can do and you have the capabilities to do, or let's say you need some more technologies that are going to enable you to um, act faster and be more nimble, um, sometimes outsourcing is an option. Oh, that's great. I, I was worried that you were just going to go down the technology outsourcing path, and I was going to say that's easy. Just move to the cloud. But well, it sounds like you're tackling Well, the cloud the is bigger. a form of outsourcing, right? Well, it's the ultimate it's outsourcing. extreme outsourcing. Extreme outsourcing. You don't even own the assets. But no, I, it's good, I guess, Bill. So so we're going to cover things like back office outsourcing. And, and, and we're going to talk like. about outsourcing. We'll talk about offshoring, what that means. And then we'll also talk a little bit about why do you outsource and when should you and when should you not outsource? Oh, interesting. I'll, I'll be curious to see why, why you brought up offshoring. So uh, why don't we start with maybe, uh, instead of IT outsourcing, let's get more interesting. Let's talk about back office outsourcing. Well, let's talk about something more interesting. So I think about outsourcing at home, okay? Oh, so, you're going to talk about beer, right? Well, so you know what? About three or four years ago, I decided to insource something. Insource what? Beer manufacturing. Yes. You actually make some very, very good beer. Well, I, decided I do have to, to admit I that. decided to insource the beer manufacturing for a while because it was fun. I enjoyed doing it, and I can make something exactly the way I like it, and uh, and and it was just a fun thing to do. Yeah, but I bet you, and I've I've actually heard you say this a couple of times. Part of it, though, is um, while it's fun when you're making it, it's kind of a pain to have everything sitting around not being used when you're not making it. It kind of gets in the way, and then you also had to build a big old pantry to store some of this stuff away, right? Yeah, it does take up a lot of room, and you know um, there are some downsides to it. So I took a little bit break from out, um, the insourcing and decided to outsource the beer manufacturing this year, just because we've been busy. But we still have the equipment sitting around. So if anybody would like to make beer 
at my house, you're welcome to come over and do so. Yeah, his his uh, email is bill at trinity.com. Thanks a lot. You're so, welcome. But on a serious note here, let's talk about why companies outsource and what are the best candidates for our outsourcing um, inside a company. So first of all, when you think about um, why you outsource, a lot of cases it's risk mitigation, right? It's maybe it's lower risk to have someone else uh, perform a certain task for you. So I, w- I think the best example is um, technology and, and managing a uh, data center. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I think that what happens is what we've learned, it's not fun to do that anymore, to, to manage all of that internally. So why don't you go ahead and either sell your assets or move your assets somewhere um, and get somebody else to run it for you. Well, you think about the risk associated with owning your own data center inside of a company. You've got to build the security and have separate controls, and it becomes somewhat onerous on a company. Not only that, then you have, you run the risk of having the right backup servers and the like and having all that. Well, and then you need generators if you're in Houston. And, and you know, actually, even if you're in the Midwest, there's tornadoes. I mean, so it's a combination of it's not fun to do, and it's risky to run, and it's not easy to keep up, and it's expensive. That's right. And and the risk reduction, too, is when the hardware becomes um, out of date, um, having that outsourced to someone else, they're more equipped to maintain that hardware and keep it up to date as well, right? Oh, absolutely. And then when you think of it along the COVID lines, you have resource management, the people. You have to train and feed and care for these people. Um, and, and everybody in IT wants to be up on the new shiny thing, whereas the technology that you're going to have in these data centers are going to be around for a while. And so they're not going to be happy just knowing the old. So how do you take care of those people? How do you keep them interested and engaged? Right, right. And then the other question you have to ask is having that data center strategic to your company. And in most cases, unless you're... Um, uh, a, um, your service is providing technology services. Um, in most cases, techno- that technology data center type stuff is not as strategic to your company. And then uh, the other piece of it, too, is the scalability. Think, think about scaling up and down. And I look at some of these um, services that will, um, let's say, uh, prices, commodity prices are down, and you're not able to get the margins you need, and you just scale down. You can easily do that with um, by outsourcing. Yeah, exactly. I guess the analogy that I've been given a lot of our clients, Bill, who have big data centers, and they ask me, "Do I keep them? Do I upgrade them? What do I do with them?" I look at them and I go, "Do you get your day-to-day electricity from a generator out back, or do you connect to, you know, the utility lines and, and get your power from somewhere else?" And to me, it's the same exact analogy. Right, right. And and so let's talk about a little about the cloud and outsourcing and how that's different today. And I think you know, there's a good analogy you probably have. For us to help us understand better what does that mean and what does the cloud mean versus outsourcing well when you outsource like for example if you decide to outsource a data center somebody usually comes along and buys your assets and then manages those assets for you buys your it equipment buys your it equipment and in some cases they'll actually hire your it people away cut their salaries and then you know that's how they cut so, cut costs or they cut and, their benefits or right? they cut their benefits one of the two and that's how they cut costs um, now, if you move to the cloud, it's as if somebody has bought everything, moved it away, and freed up, you know, 
wherever you've had all your hardware. And um, so that that's what it means to, to move to the cloud. So really what you're saying, moving to the cloud, is like extreme outsourcing. It's extreme outsourcing, and it is also extreme positive risk management. For example, um, the easiest example that folks might be able to understand is Outlook and Mail, email. Uh, years ago, the best you could do is you had to have a server in your, in, on site. You had to buy a Microsoft Exchange license or multiple licenses, and then you would install, and somebody would have to babysit your email system. So you'd have to have an Exchange server with right. Microsoft in-house. That's kind of the right. old, then, old model. Old model. And, and on top of that, I'd have to have one person babysitting that, that machine, babysitting the software. I couldn't buy you know, or hire somebody to be part-time. So then the first step is your more traditional outsourcing model is that you install that software on somebody else's hardware at a remote data center or, you know, where you, you um, lease time somewhere else and then you pay for a portion of somebody's time to uh, babysit your email server. But now with like Microsoft Office 365, it's in the cloud. You just pay, pay your monthly fee per license and you don't have anything to worry about. So you save a lot of money, too. Uh, sometimes you do, but most of the times you don't. Your money is just shifted a little bit. I don't know that you outsource to save money, Bill. You did not decide to brew your own beer to save money. In fact, I would hazard a guess that— um, Well, it was actually cheaper for me to do it, but— uh, I, 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 eh, Is it really— so is it really? Well, I didn't look at but, the total cost. Yeah, actually, you need because, to look at the total cost, yeah, yeah. right? Right. So, so sometimes you can save money when you outsource, but most of the time you don't. It's just getting rid of the headache. Yeah, you make a good point, and I think a lot of people go into outsourcing and they expect to produce some savings, and the reality is, um, it's more about convenience and not having to worry about the headaches, and and it's more about risk mitigation. Because, frankly, if you outsource to someone, logically, there's some margin that they're making off of you by doing that. But there's some savings, so it's probably all all wash, probably, right? Yeah, it is. Um, But the beauty is there—I'm not an economist, right? But there's got to be some sort of marginal utility for outsourcing because, as an executive, I no longer have to worry day-to-day about— you know, managing my people, keeping them happy, and keeping all this stuff up and running, and I can focus more on running the business. I mean, I know since we've outsourced IT for Trinity to Evan, your IT guy, um, it has, it. you know, I have worried nothing about that. Well, I also noticed our costs went down, too, with Evan, your IT guy, as well. So you, Our costs went Our costs went down, too, because oh, yes. I'm, yeah. I'm our financial guy, and oh, yeah. I did yeah. notice they went down. Um, by the way. But um, the other thing that I think people get outsourcing mixed up with sometimes is this whole concept of offshoring. Maybe let's talk about that for a okay, little bit. Okay, that, that sounds good. I, I'll tell you what, why don't we pause for a second for a, an announcement from our sponsor? Evan, your IT guy, provides immediate IT support for your growing business. Download the Evan app to connect your business with a select network of friendly IT professionals anywhere, anytime. Evan, your IT guy, solves most technical problems in fewer than 30 minutes, and you only have to pay for what you use. Sign up for your free assessment today at evanyouritguy.com. All right, welcome back. And we're going to talk about 
offshoring and outsourcing. What's the difference? I, well, that's 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 kind of, it's kind of interesting that you bring that up because where we typically see the confusion just to set the stage and set the context is when people come to us and talk about quote unquote outsourcing a business function like accounts payable. So that's kind of that's an easy one, right, for people to understand. Right. Who the the, comp- the department that pays your bill, that pays the bills, processes invoices very um, commoditized, very labor-intensive, and someone might want to not do that. Right. And I think the issue is is that when you start looking at some of the larger service providers out there, what they've done is they've com- they have set up all these organizations offshore in India, in the Philippines, in some cases in China, to process all these invoices and do it at a very, very low cost. And so instead of thinking of it as outsourcing, people glom on to the concept of offshoring. And there is, there is a difference. Well, you can offshore but not outsource. That is correct. So offshoring is just taking jobs from your, your home, country, your home in, country, in our case, America, right. and then having them be done by someone um, overseas. Somewhere, somewhere else. And we at have, a lower cost. Right. And we have large clients who have set up organizations themselves um, overseas um, where they process, let's say, invoices in Malaysia or, or in Singapore and stuff like that. And that is offshoring. But that's right, not but do outsourcing. They, do they? Do you think they really save much money doing that? I mean, because I always often wonder, even that wage differential, it seems like some of these companies spend an awful lot of time having to go back and forth to those um, off-site uh, locations and manage that and all that kind of stuff. It just sounds like more of a headache to manage. I, I agree with you, Bill, and I think it's more than just – the management. So how does it manifest itself, I guess, is what I'm trying to get at. How do you know that your offshoring model is broken? Your Things like your DSO go up if you're doing anything on the billing side, uh, on the invoicing side, AR invoicing side. Yep. Or on your payment side, if all of a sudden you start getting credit notices from your suppliers. I mean, we do see the number of errors go through the roof. Because what's happening are you're bundling up basically all these pieces of paper sending them overseas and having somebody else input them, scan them, you know, try to code them. And, you know, it, first of all, it takes a long time to get the, this paper overseas. Um, wouldn't it just be better if you put, in te- put into place technology that allowed you to generate your AR invoice directly from a field ticket or a work ticket or, you know, from somebody's PO? And then the same thing on the AP side, right? is to automatically generate your invoices and stuff like that. So what you're getting at is instead of offshoring things, find ways to make it better. Don't always just throw throw resources at it or throw the wrong resources at it. There's better technology, but offshoring in some is different than outsourcing. That is is correct. Now, we we do recommend outsourcing onshore. Well, yeah. I mean, there's there's nothing wrong with with outsourcing by any means. Um, Not at all. But but we have found that typically when you outsource, it makes it a little bit easier if you can to to at least try to outsource uh, where you have a limited number of language barriers and the like. Yeah, that's a good good point. Good point. And quality or service doesn't decline because you've uh, you've actually outsourced that particular function. Now, there are cases where you want to keep stuff in-house, right? 
And those things are where um, it's strategic to the company. Maybe it's a competitive differentiator, and you don't want that resource or that differentiator being um, done by someone else outside the company, right? Yeah, that'd be correct. I mean, for example, if you're a power company and you have a very sophisticated um, billing scenario uh, for commercial customers, you're probably not going to want to outsource that. You're probably going to want to insource that, keep control of it, because customer service is paramount. It's complicated, and it's probably going to be easier for you to manage that if, if you just keep it right there. And it is strategic, because if you don't do it right, you lose customers. Right, right. And you want to have control of it and direct control of it. And in some cases, maybe um, there's energy trading that they do, and they'd want to keep that in-house because it's very strategic to them, and they need to be able to respond quickly. Because sometimes outsourcing something might mean um, you don't get the customized, um, uh, I guess, uh, set of skills, the customized uh, service that you need, and you need to have it in-house because you need to be responsive, and it's key to your business. Um, Let's talk about things that... What are some general good candidates for companies to look at outsourcing that have um, maybe not necessarily commoditized but been are more difficult things? And the first thing that comes to my mind is payroll. Yeah, absolutely payroll. I mean, that's why you have companies like Paychex and ADP and, and that kind of thing. Um, and the reason why outsourcing payroll works so well is because payroll is a real headache, a real pain to try to keep track of. You know, with the federal payroll laws, the local payroll state, laws, yeah. and state, if, if you're in a state that does charge, you know, local income tax and stuff, it is just almost impossible to keep up with that. So that's a very specialized niche, niche need, but it's critical. Hey, you don't pay your people, right? You don't have people. You don't have people. You can't serve your customers. And there's so many regulations you got to deal with that doing it in-house, you mess something up. Um, Big liability, right? Oh, absolutely. I think the next thing just along the lines of payroll is, of course, benefits, right? Benefits providers and and the like. Uh, Again, there's so many financial instruments out there that that your employees could take advantage of. Um, And the liability that you face, you know, in this this age of Obamacare, for lack of a better term, uh, the ACA or whatever you want to call it, um, outsourcing benefits also, I think, makes a huge difference. In, right, and you're talking it, about the whole benefits administration. Yeah, too, the whole benefits that. administration. Yeah, that's the whole the whole shebang. Yeah, you just got to make sure you find the right providers. I think sometimes people bring stuff in house because they hey maybe we had a bad experience with that. And benefits is one area where you see companies saying, well, we brought it in house because the benefits administrator we had was terrible, and uh, they didn't and. Usually when uh, an outsourcing agreement goes bad, it's because they don't have the right service level agreements in place and they didn't enter the contract with their eyes open and they just focused on costs and didn't look at the service levels they were supposed to be getting, right? Right. I think the other thing that I've seen where if you have a good outsourcer but the relationship has soured, oftentimes business has changed and and the business side, the whoever is managing the relationship with the outsourcer may not have done a great job of communicating with the outsource provider. Yep. Hey, things have changed. So, I mean, there's a communication thing that, that needs to go on. Uh, we beat to death IT. Right. I, but I here, well, here's another one, though, too, is logistics. And yeah, you logistics, think about if you're yes. a, maybe you're a manufacturing company, um, managing um, logistics um, and, and the like, it can be very expensive and complicated. That is true. And so when you start thinking about logistics, you got to start thinking about 
if, with a manufacturer, are you going to build up a fleet of trucks or are you going to go with some third party like a UPS or a Ryder or a Snyder or something like that? Look, these guys have big, big fleets. They already have economies of scale. They know how to move stuff across the country. They know how to load trucks. They, you don't need to build that capability. What you really need to focus on is being able to manufacture what you manufacture quickly and as cost-effectively as possible. Right, right, and especially if your differentiator is something you manufacture and make, not necessarily getting it to the right place at the right time, right. and especially if it's just a simple drop drop ship or something like that, then you, you definitely want to... Yeah, or if it's as complicated as trying to ship something overseas, why do you need to develop global shipping capability? Um, let somebody else deal with the docks and demurrage and... You know, just trying to figure out how to get transportation rate. Just let somebody else do that. Yeah, yeah, and that's a good point. Another place where companies um, outsource is their um, a lot of their materials and supplies to a uh, Granger type company that's going to actually manage those things for them. Because what happens is, in a lot of cases, companies who bring in their own materials and supplies, they find out there's accumulation of these unused goods that they've bought, Mm. and then they're stuck with them, (coughs) and then they got to write them off. And so that's another problem. So that's another area, right? Right, right. And doing it kind of under a consignment inventory model, I think, is perfect, right? Because then what happens is, is again, you get the whole economies of scale of a Granger or an NOV or somebody like that, a, a Junkin' Red Man or, you know, that kind of thing. What, what happens there is, is you, you get their economies of scale and they can move product around at, at, at their leisure, leisure so that, you know, essentially you never have C items sitting out there. And so your inventory, what you carry on your books is, is minimal. Right. And, the, and they, so they, they will do things better than uh, most companies who aren't in their business do it. Sort of like the logistics suppliers, places like that where you just know they do it better. And I'll give you my, um, you know, another home analogy. I did try to insource um, making my own wine. And that didn't work out too well. Well, the one thing I could not do as well as the uh, wineries can do is um, maintain a stable temperature inside of our house. Well, over the uh, um, winter in Houston, the temperature can range from 90 degrees to 30 degrees. Well, if you have that problem and you don't have a basement, which you don't in Houston because it would be full of water, um, so I ended up re-outsourcing my wine uh, manufacturing. Well, I guess the real question I have is have you repainted the wall yet? Well, that's a whole other story for <laughs> issues with, um, you know, um, uh, fermentation. But we'll talk about that another time. All right. That sounds good. So wh- where else do you think outsourcing will happen? we got one more to kind of talk through. And Well, you know, I, I think there's tons of opportunities. And even in some cases, some companies will outsource certain executives in the company. Maybe they'll outsource their entire um legal department and have external legal help or um, and their actual chief legal officers outsourced or in in some cases it might even be hr um where where they've completely outsourced that or marketing i've seen marketing marketing done especially digital marketing pr right right there's there's a whole series training uh you know if you're if if unless you're a humongous coca-cola walmart exxon size company most of those companies find find outsources that are going to handle their training um, internally, uh, much better. Now, there are certain things you do want to keep in house. You can't. You just never want to outsource. So, for example, if you're a um, you're an industrial company with a with a workforce, you 
you probably want to keep safety, health, safety, and environmental in-house because that's so important to your company and it's part of your culture. And some of those things you want to keep in-house, even though you might co-source it with someone and use some out, you still want to keep some of that stuff in-house, right? Oh, yeah. Like, for example, pipeline inspection. I mean, what you're going to do is you're going to have a fairly sizable department in-house to do pipeline inspections. But the truth of the matter is what they're going to be doing is managing these third-party inspectors all across the country as they as they take the readings from your smart pigs you know, dig up bits of the pipe to make sure that they can double check for, you know, welding failures or cracks that, that you know, may be, may be out there. But those those guys are typically outsourced. Right. You're t- and you're kind of talking about co-sourcing almost. Where yeah, it's like yeah. A that's team that's what I was building. Yeah, that's, that's, that's exactly what I was right. building off of your co-source comment. Yeah. So you have a combination of in-source and outsource people working together to provide the right level of service for the company and what the company needs. Good point. So there's a lot of things just in kind of to kind of summarize some of this stuff. We talked about looking at things that maybe are more tactical to the company, aren't as important, or things that maybe are very labor intensive that aren't strategic, that um, you're able to offload some of that management of employees and, and, and the like, or you don't have that skill. It's hard to get that skill set in house, right? It's a specialized skill set someone else has that you don't have. That is correct, and and I think the theme that I'm hearing from you, um, actually from both of us, is almost everything that we've talked about is back office type stuff. If you think about it, yeah, we, that's we the never easiest said stuff. that's the easiest. That is the easiest. Those are the easiest functions to go after. The actual where you're touching the customer, helping the customer, and dealing with the customer. Typically, you want to keep that in-house, even though there are people who will outsource service, like, for example, Sears, right? Sears or, or, or Lowe's. Lowe's will outsource, you know, delivery and installation. Well, they do. And you know what? I, I will tell you, that's one of my worst customer experiences I have. And I'm not it, picking on Lowe's, for, but anytime it's an outsourced, be it the cable installer or the uh, delivery guy, and it's outsourced, right. nine times out of ten, it's a bad customer experience at least for me anyway right right so my point exactly i think anytime that you have a touch customer touch point that's probably not a function that needs to be outsourced right right and they're representing the company yeah exactly you're exactly right and some companies will outsource salespeople, which is you know there's probably some cases where you want to do that um but largely probably not a good probably not the best idea no no because we so. get calls all the time from people asking if we want to outsource our sales to them. And um, I, I, I would never do that because I can't manage their, uh, what they're going to say and do to our customers. Right. Yeah, I just, I just don't know that they can protect our brand. So, again, you know, think about outsourcing. If you're going to outsource anything that's in the back office arena is pretty much up for game. Anything that touches the customer, probably not a good idea to outsource. But I just want to say thanks. You know, guys, we haven't done one of these podcasts in a little while. I uh, thought that we'd, uh, you know, reach out to some of our uh, listeners, all three of them, and uh, tell them thank you for, for sticking with us. Yeah, and let's just end with this one last note, though, when we talk about outsourcing. You know, I think the biggest opportunity for outsourcing, though, is, is me no, is getting our, rid of me. No, 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 is our, is our government. Outsourcing. The first thing they need to outsource is the the, the, the uh, Department of Motor Vehicles, because I will tell you that they somebody needs to fix that, and they can't do it themselves. All right, guys. On that note, uh, again, we're going to close with uh, a word, word from, our, from our sponsor, 
And thank you all for listening. Evan, your IT guy, provides immediate IT support for your growing business. Download the Evan app to connect your business with a select network of friendly IT professionals anywhere, anytime. Evan, your IT guy, solves most technical problems in fewer than 30 minutes. And you only have to pay for what you use. Sign up for your free assessment today at evanyouritguy.com.